0: Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Linaway, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. But before you tell us who you are, I want to tell you what I see in the Spirit. Word. Yeah. <laughs> so I just met you the other day, uh-huh. and you were speaking and singing and leading worship and I saw somebody of stature and I felt like you were taller than your stature in the kingdom. There was height to you. There was growth to you. There was also like that artesian well you know, that keeps running and running and running and running. And things from within you, Kaylee, flow out naturally and Mm. they taste good. It's not Mara water. It's not bitter water. It's fresh water. And so that's who you are in the kingdom. To me, that's what I saw was just that, you know, it says in scripture that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And so I just bless you. And I just, I felt like the spirit said, Oh, just ask her if she'll be on the podcast because I don't really <laughs> know you, but I wanted to just get to know you and I honor yeah. you. And I really do. I celebrate who you are. You're just amazing. You're just amazing. And so wow. I'm delighted to be here with you. Wow. So that's who Kaylee is to me, guys, but she'll explain some things. So just right off the bat, don't think of him too love much. That. Rapid fire. Okay. Would you say your are coffee or tea?
1: Oh, gosh. I've recently made a change. I I have been coffee like forever and a day. I've always loved tea, but I'm trying to. Transition into matcha, okay, and I love it, love it. okay. I'm have to. I have had matcha, <laughs> uh, coffee tea. Dog, cat,
0: either need dog, okay. One Morning night bird, night
1: owl. I'm forced into both, but I love love mornings. Okay, books or movies, books.
0: Okay, silence or music. Silence. Gonna
1: say, <laughs> I was no, just going to say, I know that's it. so crazy. Yeah.
0: But I, okay. I mean, I, that's hard. That's so hard. No, but we'll unpack that because I, I have found more musicians that answer silence. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Okay. Are you leaned in or laid back? Laid back. Wait, okay. both. That's not fair. I know it's a hard one. Oh, gosh. Laid back. Yeah. Okay. Shower, bath. Shower. Driver, passenger. Passenger. Okay. I added this one during um, the coronavirus. Do you like to eat at home or dine out? Eat at home. Okay. And do you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Yeah, I would say extrovert.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this
0: is called The Real Deal. Welcome to The Real Deal, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, and just be you. Just be The Real Deal. I celebrate when people are authentically who they are. Yeah. And so my dad was an artist and he would always be like, just be the real deal. Wood should be wooden and leather should be leather. Don't yeah. have to be fake. And yeah. you want to be able to see the paint on the painting. And
1: yes, so I I
0: grew up with him saying like, well, that girl's the real deal or that that's the real McCoy yeah. or that's the genuine article. And it affected me. I always wanted to be Rachel. Yeah. I didn't want to be anybody oh, else. I'm so not saying I never, but you know what I'm saying? And so I think that my dad blessed us to be the RD. His name was Richard Dean. I love hey, so he's, that. Be, be the RD, be the real deal. So wow. that's the name of the podcast. Wow. And I would not have picked you and even asked you if I didn't feel that you were authentically being who you are. So who in your life has been an example? And you may have more than one and you may feel like, oh, I have to choose this person. But off the bat, who's the real deal in your life and how has it affected you?
1: My mom. First and foremost, I have watched her love God's children, whether or not she knew she was doing specifically that she loves people for who they are. Mm -hmm. She's never, she's never seen an outcast and turned her, turned her face. Like she's always befriended the friendless. And I think that's, there's something very authentic about that. Wow. Wow. And I feel like that's honestly one of the traits of hers that I believe that I've carried in myself. And mm-hmm. it's one of the things I love most about myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you love first? Do you know what I mean? Do you
0: love people? And you know what I'm saying? That and that weight on. Your... There have
1: been times where I judged first. Okay. And there have been times where I've loved first and I'm, thank goodness I'm in a season where, or in a time in my life where I'm loving first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. And it's a change. It's a metamorphosis of sorts. You've, you've found that it's. Yes. beginning to be. There. But it also has to deal with like, if you're judging people, that's because you first judged yourself. Right. And anytime you're in a place of judgment, it's all based in pride because you're assuming God's responsibility. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. is the only judge. Mm. And so anytime you're judging yourself, you're, you're saying like, I'm God. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, oof, that was a humility check for me recently. Actually. I was like, man, I need to stop condemning myself. Why am I doing that? That's not my role. Right. Right. Oh, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Okay so I so it's your mom. <clears throat> I bless her. What's her name?
1: Wanda. Wanda. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Do you have siblings? I do. I have an older half sister and two younger brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're the middle kid kinda. Yeah, I'm my, I'm my father's oldest and I definitely feel like I'm the oldest in a lot of ways. I feel like I'm like the family therapist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do they come to you or do you want, I'm not saying you insert yourself in therapy, but do they come to you? Oh no,
1: I totally insert myself. Um, (laughs) And I, but in a, but not in a way of like, Hey, let me tell you all my things. Sometimes it is that just because I love them so much and I want to see positive growth and change in them. And I can see pitfalls and I can see limiting beliefs and I want to coach Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it's not invited. um, But there are also times when I'm the only one asking important questions. Yeah. And everybody needs that. Everybody needs someone to ask critically thinking, thought provoking yeah. yeah. questions that are going to help you self analyze, self correct. And, um, and I definitely feel like I'm that person for a lot of people in my, in my family.
0: Mm,
1: so good. Well, they're lucky to
0: have you. It's, you know, it's a role that you're falling into maybe or exploring, but finding out that it's needed. Everybody needs a. I used to say, everybody needs a Paul, a Timothy, a mm. Barnabas and a Nathan. Yeah. You know, Paul, someone older than you in the faith. Timothy, someone younger than you. A Barnabas, an encourager. I, yeah. I say collect yourself some Barnabases. <laughs> and yeah. Nathan, somebody who can tell you the truth because they love you.
1: Oh, totally. You know, just tell you the truth. Yeah, and you know, what? You when you know better, you do better. And I've known better in a lot of areas in my life. And, mm-hmm. and so I therefore try to do better. And I want to encourage other people to do that as well. And I feel like when you, when you've acquired knowledge and when you've acquired something that God wants you to steward, like part of that is actually sharing. It's sharing. It's always sharing. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Give away what you have.
1: Yes. You get more. Like yeah. pass it on. One hundred percent.
0: Pay it forward. Whatever. Just yeah. keep it going. And why keep would I that. expect,
1: uh, like my brother, for example, why would I expect my brother to counsel me on things that I know more than
0: him mm-hmm. in? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like
1: mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to share that. Yeah.
0: That's a good, that's a good word.
1: Yeah. Okay, so
0: let me start with one thing. You said limiting beliefs. Yeah. And uh, you can give like your contact information and we'll put it in the show notes, things like that. But I saw an Instagram that you left about the Barbie car <laughs> yes. and then yes. the, and tied it to limiting beliefs. But uh, yeah. without, you know, people can look that up too. I get it. But just tell how that affected you and then how you're working through that. Or maybe you're completely past it. But it's a big deal because sometimes people think limited is more spiritual or Christian or something. Yeah. It can be twisted. Like it's humility then or something.
1: Totally. Um, well, first and foremost, I've been in such a privileged position to be inundated with just tools to mm. learn and grow. And I actually, this was, this is founded in an exercise that I was doing at a leadership retreat, um, which is not about leading others. It's actually about leading yourself mm. because if you're not a good leader to, for you, how are you going to be a good leader for other people? And, um, one of the exercises we did was actually centered around limiting beliefs. And, um, and a lot of times there's like one core belief that leads to all these different behaviors, leads to the attitudes, leads to symptoms, like all these different things. You can kind of trace it back to this core belief. And during this exercise, I realized that I had this limiting belief that I was not worth nice things.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, and it kind of like took me up off guard, but I totally understood. And I loved that. God gave me that memory from me being five years old at Christmas time. And I had asked Santa, I'd written him a letter. I said, Santa, I want the big Barbie car that you can drive around and it's going to be amazing. My best (laughs) friend wanted it too. We both asked Santa for it. I come down the stairs Christmas morning and I see like Mm -hmm. the miniature one with a Barbie sitting in it. And in my thought, in my head, at five years old, I was so sad, but also I was like, man, like Santa just maybe didn't understand me. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> he must've misunderstood me, uh, because he didn't get the right thing, but he got me something. So what I unknowingly adopted then was if I ask for big things, I'm not going to get them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course my parents wanted to give me the world yeah. where we, we, they didn't have the money to right, give right, me that right. big kind of gift. Of course, I didn't know that in my five-year-old brain. Right. Um, but I also, you know, I grew up middle class and, uh, my mom really stretched a dollar. I mean, she taught YMCA swim lessons Mm. and every time we shopped, like it was always at the discount rack. It was always hand-me-downs. It was always like garage sales, stores. And, um, and, and I love that. Like, I love that part of my life. Like I love finding like a bargain, like 100%. Um, but I didn't know that I was resorting every part of my life to the discount rack.
0: And God so wants good. more than the discount right, rack right, right, for right, me. Right,
1: right, right, So. Right. And if you hate that, you're going to hate heaven, you
0: know. The oh, gate yeah. is a huge pearl. The street's of gold. It's lavish. It's a it's a great
1: place. Well, he then owns the cattle on a yes. thousand hills. Yes. Does, he doesn't lack. And how could I accept that gift if I'm not willing to, like, accept it on earth? Yeah. yeah. And it has nothing to do with being superficial or. Right, right. Or, or wanting things of the world. But right. it's it's also knowing No, not no, your, no, no. That's so worth. good. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I know there's a. There's a gentleman named Chad Mansbridge, and he's uh, the first guest for season seven on the podcast. But he said something in one of his sermons. It's a difference between unworthy and undeserving. Ah, Undeserving is different. Yeah, Unworthy means, well, wait a minute, that can't happen. We might have been undeserving for God's love, for Christ's payment, but we're not unworthy because he bought the whole field to get that pearl of great price, right? So we are worthy of his love. But that creeps in and sometimes mm. through a lie. So I'm glad that you addressed it and found it because I, I've often noticed yeah. that people will partner with a lie. And it, and I think it's Bill Johnson that says, when you partner with a lie, you have empowered the liar. Mm. The lie in itself falls flat. Yeah. But when you pick it up and adopt it and run yep. with it, give it power, whatever, that it's then gotcha, you know. So have there been things other than that, what you can have um, limiting beliefs, or have there been lies that have ever tried to capture you and keep you captive? Oh yeah. And, and I, you yeah. shared your story the other day. You can share what you want with sure. it, but I also want to talk a little bit about Hold On Honey, but let's oh, let's, totally, um, yeah. let's get to what some of those lies maybe are.
1: I think the best thing you can be is curious, mm. because there are so many ways in which I've been curious about what God is doing in my life and what, what lies and agreements I've made mm-hmm. with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something as simple as like me as a 13 year old calling myself fat Mm. and then holding myself bondage to that. And then, you know, meanwhile, like God didn't say that about me. Right. And so why am I, it's just that, and that's just the tip of the iceberg or like actually just today I was in the car with Kim who, who you just met and she was talking about how she was in bondage to a lie of, of finances where she believed and partnered with the lie that she was a bad steward of finances. Hmm. And um, and God told her, hey, I want you to go look at condemnation and finances. And she's like, what do you mean? And he illuminated to her that lie that she partnered with and all the money she was missing out on because she believed that she was a bad steward.
0: Yes. And so I couldn't get it anyway because yeah. if I did, I'm not going to exactly. steward it well.
1: Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, boy, that's so good. I yeah. know. Well, the lie has to be exposed and then we can uh, deal with it repent think on a different level oh god i'm thinking on this higher level i give it to you what do you want to give to me instead and a great exchange can happen yes and you did some of that the other night when you were leading worship but tell me a little bit about like how your heart got um drawn to leading worship or have you been a singer since you were little or what's your musical journey what's your worship journey give me like some high points because i know it's been a process
1: that's actually a great question because no one's actually asked me that before um but I've always felt compelled towards the Lord mm. and I've always felt like music was in my DNA and that both were going to be a thing for me for the rest mm. of my life. Like mm. I always felt set apart. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So I, good. Even from like a little girl. Yeah. And, and so then it's just figuring out, well, what, what is faith? And just because you're compelled towards the Lord, does it mean you know about him or know who he is and know his nature? And, um, I really wish it would have, not taking me as long as it did to figure out the goodliness of god not until i was i guess like 30 was when it really hit how wonderful and gentle and how much of a friend he is um but i i've always felt called um and then i you know at different times i would lead worship throughout the year throughout my years really like college i would be guest singing and churches um but not really regularly leading, leading worship until probably now in the last couple of years. Cool. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. But I've always sang and yeah, yeah. I always stewarded the voice. I went to school for musical theater. Um, and even during that time I was teaching Bible study classes on campus. So they both have coincided my whole life. Yep. Yep.
0: Wow. That's really yeah. cool. So when you are <clears throat> leading worship, and by the way, I believe you singing a secular song is worship to the to God as well. It's using your gifts. You know what I mean? I don't think <clears> that's really. Secular, oh, one hundred percent secular, sacred. But um, is there something you feel? Do you feel more in the leading of it? Do you feel more alive at a? I don't. I'm not searching for something. I'm wondering, like, what what's the process like for you in leading
1: worship specifically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly really simple. Like, okay. how can I, it's all leading by example. Okay. How can I expect people to worship if I'm not worshiping? Amen. So that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's one thing. Yeah. I'm reading a chart. I'm reading the chords, reading the lyrics, playing the song. Like I need to know the song Right, right, and right. I get up and it's a call to worship and I have to worship myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if, if I'm going to lead anybody and show anybody how to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, and then from there, it's just the Holy spirit. I really, the best worship is if he's taking over and a lot of times what tends to seep in to my worship, especially when I'm doing something more spontaneous, is kind of things that I've been working through Mm -hmm. and the lessons that God has brought to me and my attention just that week or that morning or that year. Um, he just kind of, he moves my heart to, to position certain concepts on the mic and Yeah. And I, and it's I fresh bread it to me. Yeah, like
0: you know what I mean. <clears throat> Instead of like seventeen years ago, when you're like this morning night, God told me this. You know what I mean? It's fresh bread right yeah. then, and He wants it to be used like that. And you do you do a really great job of leading, but the orator part, the part where yeah. you can speak as well, is is a gift that God's given you and. You're stewarding it. You're yeah. doing a great job with it. So
1: Well, and I know people walk <laughs> in to service or a conference or wherever they're going to see worship or be a part of worship. Like they walk in with these preconceived notions and And if you're focused on your head, then you're not worshiping God. Yeah. You're thinking about yourself or you're thinking about your circumstances. And so I know the pitfalls that people carry because I've had every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try and coach you out of those things so that you can cast your eyes thoroughly on him because there's breakthrough when you do that. Let him impart something to you in this Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And you do that by focusing and just giving all of you over. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's it. Yielded. Yes. Surrendered. 100%. Yeah. Open,
0: available, whatever. I mean, all the words you could say, but that's rather (coughs) than, uh, I've got this. Why don't you come along if you want, God? You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, you
0: know what I mean? You you should be capable and proficient and work for sure. Yeah. But also be available to him to lead you where you want to take the people or where he says you need to go. Yeah. And follow whether it's what you had planned or not. Right. So that's great. That's great. Well, um, yeah, I really thought you did a good job. And you you have a conference coming up this November- weekend, and then November, oh, yeah, yeah. there's one in November, and so yep. this podcast could maybe be out before that, so people need to come
1: to that too. But Yeah, November yeah. 4th, it's going to be at um, Brookfield Conference Center. It's with um, Kimberly Joy Ministries mm. slash Few, the Fellowship of Extraordinary Women, which is a wonderful consortium of ladies, and uh, I mean, they meet monthly, they do monthly forums, and there's retreats and all sorts of stuff, so... Yeah. So good. And honestly, that group of women, they changed my life. Mm, mm. Like, I am not, I would not be who I am without their fellowship. Isn't that cool? Isn't that
0: cool? Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me a before and after then. Not just because of them, but like, what's a before and after? You know how they do that, like, with a room or a makeover or a painted, you know, room. Like, what's a before and then an after of when other women get together or other people disciple or other people
1: impart knowledge or whatever? What's a before and after for you? Can you think of one? Yeah, I was in bondage in an abusive marriage. And as a result of encountering the ladies in this group and really seeing who God was and is and how destructive my marriage was, Mm -hmm. um, getting to see examples of a healthy marriage and what walking with the Lord really looks like. As a result of all of that information, I was able to be guided out of a really destructive situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean... And it took, it took a while, but honestly, it was also expedited at the same time. Like God wow. really did a huge turnaround in my life in a short amount of time, but it was also cause I was brave to do it. Yeah. I mean, point. I just did not, I did not let fear keep me still. Mm. I did scary things
0: mm. all the time. Once you knew, you knew, and then you went forward. Yeah. Can you Once give us an example truth. of a scary thing? Like, uh, I'm doing this <clears> afraid <throat> I'm going forward, which is courage by the way.
1: Honestly, th- when I came back from that first retreat that I, that I went to in September of 2019, it was the first event that I went to for few, the fellowship of extraordinary women. And I had been invited to lead worship. And at the time I was leading up to it, I wanted to cancel because I felt worthless. I didn't mm. feel like I was equipped or ready or worthy. I felt like trash. And so therefore, how could I lead women worship when I didn't even want to worship God myself. Mm. And, um, that was a question I asked the Lord. I'm like, how can I do this? And that this was the first huge time I heard him speak to me in my life. And he said, why do you think this is all about you? First of all, secondly, I can do whatever I want through whoever I want. Wow. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I I will go (laughs) and and I'm not going to talk about my crappy personal life and we're just going to get on with the show and it'll be great. And lo and behold, I ended up opening up and spilling my guts to a couple of the women there and they just held my hand and looked at me as a child of God. They did not judge me. They did not condemn me, which is my fear that they would do. They did not uninvite me. In fact, they pulled me closer and they really showed me the love of God. That I had thoroughly been needing and starved of, mm-hmm. and um, and so from there, I feel like I'm getting off topic. To your Did you feel that.
0: like a spiritual anorexic? Like you needed love, you needed acceptance. Oh yeah, and they, like, I mean, started feeding you like food.
1: Yes, I mean it was it was so I was so sad because for years I wasn't growing in my faith, and I know why now. But I went from leading studies in Bible in, in uh, college to getting married to completely like being stagnant Mm. and it was like I was a baby believer again Mm. I'm Mm. like this is not I don't want to go backwards or stay the same like why am I not growing for seven years I didn't grow and then um finally the floodgates opened and it's because I put God back on the throne I never knew Mm -hmm. I never even knew I took him off
0: so was it gradual insidious little things where he kind of got bumped off or was it do you know what I'm saying I mean do you know yet
1: well let's let's take the limiting belief that a lot lot of women in the church fall into okay God or God puts the man as the head of the house Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean the man of the house is God (sighs) yep and so I did not know that I had transferred heavenly authority from the Lord to my husband and I completely acquiesced Mm. Mm. in every way in our marriage mm. because he was the head of the house and therefore everything he said was the right thing. Everything he said was the truth. Like I had adopted all these other things that were not the case because he was a very deeply wounded and flawed man. Mm. And so now I'm believing everything he says, which is actually just twisting scripture so that he can keep me in condemnation and under his control.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's therefore no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you kept getting it. Oh. You kept it getting it. It was like every every day. Usually verbally? Yes. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Let's just talk about that for a second. Um, verbal things can be as wounding as if you were battered. But they don't show up the same. No. And so then it's hard to explain to people what's been going on, you know what I mean? Because you're not like, well, let me show you my cut eye or my bruise. You you know what I mean? Well, yeah. But how is that with somebody who I think you said the other night might have encouraging words as your love language or words of affirmation are part of it? They sting more, right? They just, they hurt more. And so that in in my mind, I don't know, you tell me what was happening, but did it begin to just shrink you until you don't recognize
1: Kaylee? Exactly. Because what he was doing was assassinating my character. It was a form of abuse and control. Mm. And I believed everything was true. So if he called me a bad wife, I believed he was telling the truth that I was a bad wife. Mm. And it hurt. But what hurt was I didn't know how to fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do I not be a bad wife? Yeah.
0: And what did I do that caused this comment? Yeah. And you couldn't probably... Could you, could you figure it out or did no. it move? No. Chest piece would move.
1: It was, it was solely that he would have control over me. Mm. And that's what a lot of verbal abuse is. It's like... I mean, he would... It was, oh, you don't listen to wisdom. Like, you're... Like, what am I getting out of you being my wife? Like, just really ugly things that, again, character assassination, because at that point, like, I wasn't doing anything else that would even warrant that kind of response. Like, I wasn't... In fact, I couldn't even pinpoint what I was doing, so therefore I was stuck because I didn't know what the solution was. Sure, sure, sure. I'm like, okay, so you want me to stay home or... I mean, I remember one time... He said to me he's like well why don't you get a nine to five i'm like well why would i get a nine to five like i'm making money through music doing music full time i'm making more money than i did waiting tables yeah doing music full time yeah i'm actually making more money than you yeah so why would i yeah why because would it was nonsensical nine-to-five?
0: to you like doesn't make sense to me it no it didn't really make sense that. i'm
1: like aren't you telling you get to follow your dreams so why I'm not allowed to follow my dreams. But what he didn't like was that I was so independent and so deeply convicted and compelled. He could, in all of his abuse, he could not pull me away from the thing that God gifted me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't.
0: The gifts and callings of the Lord are irrevocable too. Yeah. So if they had to be shelved or altered or moved in any way during that time, God didn't withdraw his hand or take them from you. Mm. And so, because they're irrevocable, he gives them Oh, that's good. And then good. we get to have them. and so good. And he also restores the years of the locusts of eaten. Yes. So I'm just going to believe for, there's going to yes. be, double portion is skinny. It's huge portions of what he's going to do for you. Yes. You, know I mean? you don't need yeah. the double portion. It's it's fullness. It's and fullness I believe It's fullness and abundance for you. So, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So how do you, um, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. What I'm trying mm. to do is how do you train your brain to go, mm, that's a lie. And truth is this, or did you sit with God? Did you listen to his voice? What were some of the things? I mean, I wrote a book called He Speaks because he speaks. And he speaks in, like, First Samuel chapter 1, and he speaks in your car. Like, yeah. he speaks, you know what I mean? And he speaks his love over you. Like, what did you do to begin to kind of um, unthaw from the coldness of what was going on in your heart and your head?
1: Unthaw is a really good word because it wasn't an immediate switch. Okay. Because when you've heard the same thing for years, sure. your brain is wired to think that way. So there really is an unlearning. And so when I first heard the truth that I was in a destructive marriage, that was in September 20 September 2019. Um and even before that there were like hints of people that were more secular voices saying like, "Hey, there's something wrong," but I dismissed them because they didn't know the Lord. Okay. Or they weren't walking with him. They okay. weren't, in my judgmental view, they weren't worthy yeah. of. So it's not wise feedback. counsel. It's not Da-da-da-da-da. wise counsel. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. But they saw the writing on the wall, and I just refused to see it myself um, or believe it or take heed to their advice. So now I'm hearing something from the mouths of people that I actually trust with the Lord. And even still, my body. It's not, it's not computing because I'm hearing one thing, I believe it, but I've been so like the train kind tracks have been, mm-hmm. yes, I've been programmed. So I really had to jerk the wheel mm-hmm. and get off those same tracks mm-hmm. and rethink. And, um, and it didn't take me too long. It was just really a couple months before I really started saying no. Mm-hmm and that was it. You know, one of the things I learned was you'll never know the true nature of a relationship until you start saying no, where you were always saying yes. Mm-hmm. And he could tell me till the sun came down that I was not a submissive wife. But when I looked back at the years we were together, all I said was yes. Mm. All I said was yes to him. And then I finally said no. And, um, and that, what that looked like was me saying, look, I no longer feel safe having a one-on-one conversation with you because I've asked you to be respectful towards me and not hurt me, not physically hurt me, but batter me with words. Um, and you're, you're, you're showing me that you're not listening to me in that area. And so it's not safe anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk to me, you're going to get us, you're going to have to get us a mediator, get us a counselor, third party, and I'm leaving. I'm moving out. And this was actually, um, advice and counsel that i'd gotten from the, one of the women in few and she said you know you're having a hard time hearing the lord like maybe you should move out for a month and and here and here and i was like oh my gosh i'm allowed to do that mm. i didn't know i could do that mm. like i didn't know i was allowed to leave yeah, yeah, yeah it was so weird and so i did i called up a friend lived with her for a month and i ended up never going back yeah and because you heard the you truth, heard truth yeah oh the truth started piling yeah, in yeah yeah yeah
0: oh i'm so proud of you
1: I'm so Me proud too. of you because there's courage to <laughs> yeah.
0: um, to not let the lies happen. And there's courage that needs to happen to make whatever steps there are. Yeah. Whatever steps. And, you know, Scripture is really clear that the man is to treat the woman, his wife, the way he treats for his own body. Mm. And it says, what does the man do? He clothes himself. He feeds himself. He trains himself. He takes care of himself. Yeah. You know, we can throw the other Scriptures out there and, oh, this is this and this. But that one is important. That one's important. And, you know, our pastor long ago, you should say, the husband should make the wife radiant. So I Mm. always try to tell Michael, I'm radiant. You know what I mean? Like, you help make me shine, right? And when one wins, the other wins. Because you're in union, you're one. So it sounds like there was a little bit of, like, not wanting you to succeed or do well and not being able to champion or celebrate. But that's not real oneness. Because that means he was also succeeding, if if that makes sense. And the twistedness to keep someone down. He celebrated me when it made him look good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in any other time it was directly in yeah. opposition to him.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry for that, but I'm so yeah. proud of you because you wouldn't be who you are. Oh my gosh. And I've yeah. talked to my daughter about this before too. Like you're not who you are without having gone through the, the things, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, oddly I would do it all over again because the victory that I know with the Lord and the relationship that I have with God is worth every ounce of suffering. Like it really is. I, I have a sweet friendship with him. I I go to him for everything. Like he walks with me and yeah, we, he's so interesting and mysterious. And he says things to me that I never would imagine on my own. Like he imparts wisdom to me and facilitates my life. Like yep. I didn't have this with him yeah. before the suffering, because what the suffering did was teach me to be on my knees. Mm-hmm. I lived mm-hmm. on my knees. I mm-hmm. was constantly hurting and heartbroken and, and supplication. I'm like, Lord, you've got to help me. And he would teach me different ways to pray. Like, Hey, why don't we pray for this today? Or like, Hey, you've never learned this method. And Oh, you've never thought about this area or whatever. Like just so much. I've just learned so
0: much. It's like getting equipped with an arsenal of things that you didn't have before.
1: Yes. And I
0: had a real long stretch of hard years and I, I felt that same way, Kaylee. Yeah. I really did. I felt like I learned about fasting and prayer and praise as a weapon and rest as yes. a weapon and and the courts of heaven and appealing to God and yep. warring with others and yep. pst, being, knowing I'm seated in the heavenlies. And so I really, yeah. I just get to have declare and decree and blah, blah, blah. But in the end, the breakthrough happened because God is good. Right. Not because I did the hokey pokey the right, right way. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying I didn't get equipped and I don't know more than I did. I do. But I don't think it was just those. I think it's the goodness of God. Right. Because uh, we were more intimate than ever before. Mm. And we had become friends. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know I mean, and he takes care of his friends, you know. Yeah. So that's so good. That's so yeah. good. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right. Back to The Real Deal. Okay, so tell me then... Did you write songs like Hold On Honey during those hard times, or have you always written songs? And and I loved what you said the other night about you can't just write a song that's formatted and you know, bridge chorus, or it sounds good, or here's the hook, but it's better when it comes from you. And I'm all about that because of the real <laughs> deal. Like, were those things coming out of you because of the suffering, or when did you begin to songwrite? I know I'm kind of asking lots of no, questions, but it's
1: good. Um. I started really trying to cut my teeth songwriting probably 2017. Okay. And then 2018, I did The Voice, and I was starting... I was getting a little bit better at writing songs then. Okay. Same thing. I just continued to grow, and 2019 was when, kind of when my life fell apart. Yeah. Um, still writing, still learning. Um, it was probably in the last couple years that I really feel like I've come into a songwriting ability that I l- shake my head, and I'm like, wow, I, I like... It's not, it can't just be me because that's too good. Yeah. Like it can't yeah, be yeah, me. Yeah. It's God like giving me the, these ideas, but yeah. he's allowed me to be shaped in the fire. And I've, um, strategically tried to write with people that were better than me. Mm-hmm. Learning what about the craft and not makes being a being afraid compelling of that. story. Mm, yeah. So good. Le- like every story has a good hook. So in social media, it's the first three seconds of the video that hooks you in. You keep, you keep watching and a song. It's typically the title or it's like the very end of the chorus that mm. it's like, Oh wow. When that drops, it's like, Oh my Yash. gosh. Um, same thing with the story, like telling a story, doing a speaking engagement, yeah. like what's the theme, what's the hook. Yeah. And, um, everything has to drive to that hook. Um, so there's definitely method to the craft. Um, but as far as hold on honey goes, I wrote that last year in August maybe.
0: Oh, so it is kind of new. I mean, you know, it's yeah. had a birthday. It's a, at least a year old, but
1: yeah. Wow. It might have been in August or Sept or the fall of last year. Um, and that was a prompt that was given to me. I was asked to write myself like a letter. To the person that i was from the ages of 19 to 23 which is when i met and married my ex-husband so i was like man i got a lot to say to that girl okay yeah let's do it and so i went out by myself and sat on this apartment building stoop for 30 minutes and it just like heaven just gave it to me and um and I started crying at one point. I was like, wow, I didn't know. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> it was so, it was just so heavy. That was really good advice. You know, like, I
0: really hope that she hears this. You know what I mean? Because you're speaking it to you. Yeah. But to anybody else that would need to hear this.
1: Yeah. I was like, man, like, what would I say to that younger yeah. me? Yeah. And it, it just came out. It's like, you're going to be singing hallelujah if you can just hold on and give it some time. I promise you now what's coming to you is what is who you wanted to be your whole life. Cause you can't grow without the suffering. You can't be purified without the heat. So hold on honey. You're about to be everything you dreamed. And I I really feel like I've walking in who I dreamed I would be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so weird. Yeah. And not all my dreams have come true, but I never knew that I would lead worship with authority. I never knew that I would be invited to be speaking at conferences. Yeah. I never knew that I would walk in freedom like this. Like, Mm I just didn't know that I could have access to the supernatural. Right, right, right. I didn't know that was affordable to me. Right. And God made it affordable to me. He's yeah. like, it's affordable to everybody. Amen. But very few people go and Amen. access it.
0: Amen. You know, I think that's one of the parts of the narrow road. It Broad is. Broad is the road. You know, that that's always Absolutely. used in like a sin way or a worldliness yeah. versus yeah. a, which I'm not saying it doesn't have that application. Sure. But I think some of it is narrow as the road, meaning like there is not an, an not everybody understands yeah. the full access, the abundance, the the union with God, the oneness, the entanglement. The we're His, He's ours. Yeah. Like it's a done deal. Like there's things that are already um, written out in our lives, already done. Just grab it. Go I know we're missing opportunities. It. He's already done right.
1: it. He's already done it. Yeah. And I like my thing is like that's why I say be curious. Mm, so good. I, I developed this uh, this way of living. And it's centered around three C's and the first C is be curious, be curious to what God is doing in your life. Be curious to your dreams, Mm -hmm. be curious to your, um, not only the dreams that you're like you want for your life, but your sleep dreams. Yes. Um, be curious to your hangups and your pitfalls. Be curious about the relationships in your life. Mm -hmm. Like always lead with the posture of curiosity. Uh, the next thing is to be, um, coachable.
0: True be coachable Preach.
1: because like the way I am, the, the way I've gotten to being who I am is because I heeded counsel. Yeah. Yeah. And I listened and I adopted it and I took made changes. To, yeah. Even Pivoted, hard things, whatever it would be, yeah. even things that weren't true that were said to me from people that were just judgmental or whatever. Mm. I'd be like, you know what, Lord, like, do you see that in me? Is yeah. that something I need to work on? Um, and he'd be like, nah, or he'd be like, yeah, actually, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is be courageous, mm-hmm. be courageous in tackling all those things and walk with authority, like walk and spit fear in the face. Right. And that's really how I try to live.
0: And I, it's, it's just so much so rich. more fun too. I was just going to say so fun, fun and exhilarating. And, um, it's like an adventure it is. because you're curious and then you meet somebody and then you go, Oh. Because yeah. this is an opportunity, and then you hear something, and it's just living... I think it's going to probably cause you to live more with expectancy instead yep. of expectation. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, around the corner. Could be yeah. in a minute. Oh, I could have expected that. But now there's like, oh, that's even better than I thought. Yeah. You know, like it's uh, beyond what I would have thought, which is yeah. 3.20. Better than I could have prayed for.
1: Well, and there are some things that you can sort of count on expecting like anytime you're about to embark on something big the enemy is going to come in and try and wreck your life <laughs> and so and expect god to show up instead because yes, he exactly. always, always plays his hand so right like, well i know that i'm going to be encountering defeat and doubt and all these things right before something big's c- coming up so okay well then that's just the work of the enemy because he doesn't want to he doesn't want me to level up right like we're going from glory to glory amen so, and and God's like, he's always there with the victory and he, he broke every curse already. So Amen. anytime there's doubt, it's like, all I have to do is say Jesus's name and put it over it and it's done. Amen.
0: That's it. Amen. What's the higher authority going to do? There isn't a higher uh, authority.
1: I mean, like even, I was actually reading this this morning in Genesis, um, when Eve had just had the apple and, or the fruit, yeah. <laughs> however you, whatever, right, right, you right. Think right. You're right. Um, and, and God's telling the serpent, you know, because of this, you're going to be resorted to like slithering on your belly and like man will rule over you and, mm-hmm. um, he will crush your head, but you will strike his heel. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking like the, dis- the disparity between the two. It's like, this is the enemy and he's resorted to his belly and he can only nip at your heel. And mm-hmm. like, why do we get afraid of that? Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. And we're over his head. And crush yes, it.
1: All we can do is just mm-hmm. like stomp yeah. on him. Amen. That's Amen. it.
0: Amen. And I can hear it in people's language, too. Like, I know whether they're running from the enemy, and, oh, the enemy's always after me, or whether they understand Ephesians 2, 6, where we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. So that means the enemy is below us.
1: Yeah. Do you know I mean? And we can yeah, stomp course. on him. Yeah. Do, do you know
0: what I mean? Like, yeah. we, listen, you're just a little worm, and you're trying to, you know, I, no, in the name of Jesus, I cancel your assignment, or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Or I yes, just recognize. your assignment. Yeah. I, I recognize you. And I recognize that you're trying to harass me, but no, Jesus is bigger. Jesus, is, you know, yeah, whatever. But that's part of. I would say that's part of understanding what's available. Yeah, that thing that we talked about. That's it's a narrower road because not everybody understands that. Yeah, and that's a yeah. process that came through the fire for you. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. it actually makes what everything you just said makes me think of this vision that I got one time, and I was basically running through a, a strawberry field, mm. and. And that, the first part of the vision was just like me picking strawberries Yeah, and I love strawberries. Strawberries are like my favorite, (laughs) favorite fruit. I have some, we should have some. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I will take you up on that. Um, but as the vision kept going, I noticed that there were like all of these, like just snakes around and, Mm. and bugs that were trying to hurt me and thwart me. And, um, parts of the field were, were barren and scorched. And, Coming out of that vision, what I really felt like God was saying to me was focus on the strawberry mm. because all that stuff is going to be everywhere. Like right. the enemy is going to be doing his business, Yeah. but, but it, the Bible also says like, f- like think on heavenly things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think if your focus is so focused on God, yeah. um, and who he is and what he's saying and his promises, like, yes. And amen. Like, the enemy just doesn't have a voice anymore. You're going right, to drown right, him out, right. no matter what your circumstances right. look like. And and I totally feel like there are times that the enemy is like, you know, the other side of the glass at the zoo. You can't really hear the knocks. Right, right, right. But you see people over there. And sometimes I feel like that's my relationship with the enemy. Like, I know he's there and he's knocking, but I don't really... I've tuned him out yeah. so much, so, so good.
0: often. So good.
1: And I've just tasted the strawberries. And um, I think that was God just... Maybe telling, telling, telling me like, that's your disposition. Like, just keep walking in that. Stay in that. Yeah. Don't, don't veer from that vision. That's really good. And it's not perfect, obviously. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But But that knocking, it it made me think of like when I put my earbuds in, Uh you know what I mean? The noise canceling thing. Then I hear that so much more than a dishwasher or anything else around me because now I hear the book that I'm listening to or the Bible that I'm listening to, the music that I'm listening to. It's like the voice of God doesn't really get louder, the noise uh, other gets canceled. Which is why I like silence.
1: Right? It's a good segue into silence. It's
0: so true. So you're more of silence than music because then you hear the voice of the Lord? For two
1: reasons, Yeah, actually. yes. Tell me. Because um, this is one of my favorite analogies, but dew settles on grass when there's no turbulence in the air. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the presence of the Lord. It's like when you're looking for supplication and you're looking for his voice, quiet your life put your life in stillness. And sometimes that's removing noise. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally I still put on like a little bit of piano music or something yeah. that like draw me into worship as well. Um, but I love, I want just like him and me. Yeah. Uh, drowning everything out. Um, but on the other side, like as a musician, I love silence because that's my canvas.
0: Right. Right. Like so I need good.
1: silence in order to, to hear some music, to hear something good. Or like even at um, like listening rooms or, environments where people are really quiet like theater shows like Mm -hmm. those are my favorite types of environments because you can hear a pin drop and every painstaking word that I put into a song can be heard and understood and the story is there and it's like all that time sweating in the writing room trying to create something really profound and good and moving it's going to go that much further the impact is going to be there because I had silence in order to make it known
0: so true so true I love that, and and some people don't want silence because they know God may break through, or may talk to them, or may love on them, or may correct them. But it's His kindness that leads to repentance, anyway. So, like, you know how, like, I have a friend that the minute they get up, they play, they do, they listen. That you know what I mean. But it's almost just like be
1: still, yeah, and know that I'm God, yeah,
0: especially in some sort of rhythm or some sort of pattern in your life. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad. Do you have anything else that you want to share with somebody who's listening to The Real Deal? Because I I could talk to you for hours. I could go on and on and on. I know. I feel like we could talk Number two, number three. Oh, we have extra ones with her. Um, I don't want you to not have something. I mean, maybe you'll come back again or maybe we'll do this. But is there something that's part of your... Well, okay. I, I have a thought. Do you know something... Not false humility, don't get, you know, because I don't see that in you where you're, oh, no, no. But, like, who is Kaylee in the kingdom? What is God teaching you about who you are? Because the tagline on my podcast is Rachel Linaway, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Mm. And I actually want you to say it, because when you say it, you begin to own this. Like, God told me I'm an encouragement specialist, and I'm a hopeologist, and I'm a glory contagion. I love, contagion. That. I
1: love that. Like, when
0: I learn to say, but that's what I really love to do. So, yeah. and say it, I'm an encouragement specialist. Do you know what I mean? I'm a hopeologist. Like, literally, those are words he gave me. But I'm like, yeah, I love to breathe hope to people. I love to encourage people. I yeah, love to bring hope. to you encouraged to me. God. Like, I was, like, inundated
1: when I first met him. I was like, oh, my gosh, what just happened to me? Well, you know what like happened? Like a tidal wave. Well, <laughs> you so know good. what happened? You said something about being... Um,
0: an encouraging words person or affirmation, and I mean, I've spoken yeah, since you I totally could speak. And you're like, that. you know, somebody you can. Can speak back. I'm like, yeah, I love it when somebody goes, mm-hmm, or yeah, or preach in my audiences. Yes. You know I mean? So yes. I thought, well, I'm going to be that vocal Thank one, you. and I'm going to say that. And so, then, and I
1: invited people to do that too. Did. I was like, you Please, did, Please.
0: so I knew you'd be up for it. Yes, but I. Felt like you were, you did such a great job. So yeah, I met you in the parking lot. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Grabbed your shoulders. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, who are you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, who are you? But no, I really felt like if I don't tell her what I feel like God is telling me, then I miss that opportunity. Somebody else could, sure. God will give you the message. I, I don't feel like the message drops if I don't, but why not have it be me? Yeah, yeah. Why not let it be me hearing God say, tell her this? Yeah. Or not even knowing what it is yet. Well, Some, sometimes yeah. my encouragement, I don't know what I'm going to say. Mm. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. So is there something, and it's okay, I mean, we don't have to use this part, but is what is something he's teaching you about who you are?
1: I'm going to answer both questions. Okay, go. Tell um, me, however you want to say it. So it actually, it's all about the name. Okay. Because there's power in your name. Amen. And um, God named me Kaylee. And when I looked it up, um, it means pure and keeper of the keys. And, and so that's my charge to anybody listening to what is the biblical spiritual meaning of your name? Because in that there's so much that God has for you and you now get to go, go on an evidence hunt and investigate, okay, Lord, like, what does this mean? Right. And how does this manifest in my life? And what are you calling me to as a result? And um, so I think for me, like pure, and I, I've been told many times I have a pure heart mm-hmm. and I, and I do feel that I feel like I'm an open book for so many people and, and I do love ferociously and like I care so much for others. And um, so I see that in me and I'm sure that there's more that God will allow me to discover. Uh, and then the other side of that, the keeper of the keys, I feel like, Almost like a toolbox like I, I when I think about the keeper, of the keys, I think about like a custodian key yes ring, yes, and it's like a key to every single that's what door. I was and, saying
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and I'm like, okay, well how does that manifest like they're kingdom keys in a in a in a way to a lot of different things like does that mean that I have access to a lot of different areas that maybe I didn't have access to before or God wants to give me access to a lot of different areas and so that's something that I'm going to continue to kind of unpack and investigate yeah. yeah and just pray through and mm-hmm. and into mm-hmm. but so far he's he continues to give me keys i'm acquiring keys yes as i continue to walk with him yeah
0: so. it's almost like a it's almost like an instrument in itself the jangling of all those yeah, keys do you know what totally. i mean it's like he's going here's another one totally here's this key to the kingdom you know what i mean yeah. and the keeper for me i don't know but for me it means that it's safe with you
1: oh that's good
0: Do you know what I mean? Like when you're like, my husband will sometimes say like, could you put my wallet in your purse or mom, will you hold, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's the safety for him to know you've got some keys and you're keeping them. And maybe somebody else needs to actually come borrow them from you sometimes or ask you about something and that you'll be, that's actually
1: very common. I, uh, very often people come to me with their hurts and their woes and their stories. Strangers will just unpack like their Mm -hmm. hardest secrets to me sometimes. And I, I do find that happening a lot. And so that honestly could be part of it. Yep. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> this is great. Awesome. I
0: love I it. I love this. This is fantastic. I love it. Keeper of the keys and pure. The pure in heart will see God. Mm. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And so I believe mm. we see God now. I don't believe we see God one day. You know what I mean? I believe he's visible and he's active and we can even be those that show. Yeah. Other people, his activity or his movement, his uh, character, I his promises, I whatever.
1: I hope I am. Yeah.
0: Well, I just pray your eyesight stays really pure and
1: yeah. focused.
0: Yeah. So good. All right. Yeah. Well, we could talk forever, but okay. Yeah. How about if you, well, I would love to sing with you. How about if you sing some one little part of Hold On, Honey? Oh.
1: You okay. don't have your guitar, yeah, yeah, but so something.
0: And then will you pray for our audience, whoever that is? And I, I, I want know. to pray for you, if I may. And then I'll just
1: close. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You're gonna be singing hallelujah, if you can hold on and give it some time, I promise you now what's coming to you is who you wanted to be your whole life, cause you can't grow without the suffering, you can't be purified without the heat, so hold on honey. You're about to get everything you dreamed. Hold on, honey. So good! So good. And I
0: saw that you had like a choir or a school I'm or a high school or something it. that you
1: went in. So what fun. What a fun experience, oh, it was right? was so special. What was that? Where were they? So I was uh, doing some songwriting events out in Utah and okay. this was the Utah Valley Institute Singers and it's a college and they all take class and yeah. take a chorus class and um, Dallin Bayless is the choir director there and he's pretty renowned in that area and he had invited us last year to do an event with them and we came back this year to do a second one. They wanted Want to make it annual, which is wonderful. I'm so excited. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I sent them hold on honey in advance and I walked into the choir room and like full body chills. Oh, I loved it. And we just sang it and I, it was glorious and they're wonderful. Yeah. They're such, they're great kids too.
0: Yeah. I could just see, and I loved, you know, something about choir and you know, the, the director is doing this and you know, and, and oh, in really, right. I singing and it's just like, like for palpable. me when I sing better when I feel like somebody's under there.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And it, it,
0: you have an amazing voice anyway. But when there's that power, that it's like a foundational yeah. thing. It's like an instrument with a voice and all that stuff. Sort of yeah. But anyway, awesome. Okay, we could go on and on. But yes. what I would love for you to do is you pray. Okay. Whatever's in your spirit, I yeah. want to pray for you and then I'll close. I'm just going to use a little prayer that my dad prayed at, um, right before he died. And so I'll close that way. But okay. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Lord, um, I just thank you for this opportunity yeah. to be on on the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that anybody listening right now that if they don't feel like the real deal, if they feel like they're an imposter, mm-hmm. I just pray that you impart to them who they are, who you say they are. Lord, give them a name. Give them a new name if yeah. they're if they're adopting the name of shame, if they're adopting the name of worthless. Um, and so, God, I, I just pray that you put a new name in their heart and and lead them to victory in discovering who they are as the real deal in you, mm-hmm. not who the real deal is apart from you, but who Hallelujah. the real deal is in you. And so, God, I just thank you so much for all the people that are going to walk forward and being curious, coachable yeah. and courageous mm-hmm. to go tackle mm-hmm. that. And um, I, I just pray that you bless all of them. I pray that everything we talked about lands in their hearts and their spirits. That I, I pray that they took notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I pray that they put sticky notes up on their mirror if there's anything yeah. that we've said that is just like right into their heart. Uh, and so, God, I just thank you so much for the hungry ears and um, for the sweet spirits that I believe are going to be um, listening to this. Yeah. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 May I touch you?
0: Yes. So, Father, I thank you for Kaylee. I thank you for the giftings that you've given her. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would pour into her just in such a dynamic Mm. way, Lord, that she does that artesian well thing, that she continues to flow out. Father, I thank you that there is no stopping that flow. It doesn't stop. And so I thank you, Lord. I pray that you'd just visit her in the night seasons. I thank Mm, you, Lord, that you'd be the shield around her and the lifter of her head, that she would know that she's chosen before the foundations of the world, Lord, and she's forgiven, she's accepted, she's the beloved, yes. she's your bride, she's glorious, she's radiant, and you are making her without spot or wrinkle, Lord. Ooh. I thank you for what you're doing in her life, and I pray, God, that not one of your plans would be thwarted, mm. that she would have that expectancy, she would have that curiosity, and that she would just be... Um, Each day, she would just be on the scavenger hunt of God that you're going to continue to deliver the packages to her. And it's just more and more and more and more. And so, God, I thank you for the hard things that she's been through. I thank you that, um, you know, a grain of wheat dies to live anew. And so I thank you that there's been a death, that the new has come, Lord. And I just praise you for that. And I ask you for life and life to the full. Mm, And I thank you, Lord. Lord. I thank you, Lord. Just bless her. Bless her, bless her, bless her. Thank you for her willingness. Thank you for her time. And, God, I pray for every listener that they would just know Know that you have made them on purpose, for a purpose. And I celebrate. I celebrate who they are, God. I celebrate the things you're doing in their life. And I thank you that there is genius in each one of us. Mm, We're made in your image. And so I just thank you for this masterpiece right here, God. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And as my dad would pray, Lord, I just thank you for my dad, first of all. But he said, Lord, we ask for all the people listening. We ask that you would help us be the best we can be. And we'll thank you in Christ's name.
1: Mm. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you! Woo! We did
1: it! Okay, I'm going to save it. (laughs) You know, the artesian well thing is actually pretty crazy. I remember um, one time I had somebody prophetically praying.
0: You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.